the start, the struggles, the pain and joy. This is how you started lah podcast. Hello people, this is episode 10 of How You Started Lah. And my guest today, as you guessed it, right, she's a stand-up comedian. She also produces stand-up comedy shows and she's one of the finalists of the Bangkok International Comedy Competition. Let's welcome Juliana Heng. Hi, everybody. Hi, Gajan. Yeah, technically it's me. But yeah, hi, <laughs> the listeners. How have you been, Juliana? Oh, I've been busy. Busy with, uh, with quite a bunch of online shows. Uh, that's good to know. Lah. Yeah, uh, one thing good about this uh, this quarantine is uh, it has pushed us to go more digital, which is something we wouldn't have done yep. if it wasn't for the pandemic. So yeah, <laughs> in a way, it's a, it's a blessing in disguise. Okay, uh, got a couple of things that I... I mean, I we have seen each other quite a lot of times in comedy shows, but we hardly spoke to each other. Yep. Right? And uh, yeah, I just wanted to... I never knew... How you actually started stand-up comedy and what made you do stand-up? I never knew this. So, it'd be nice to hear from you. Ah, that is a very good question. So, there are two reasons how I started, I mean, why I started comedy. So, right. the first one was because I wanted to check out stand-up comedy open mic, but I'm a bit stingy. Yeah. I don't want to pay for a door fee. So, I right. actually find out, the time it was on a flyer, it wasn't even on social media. Or maybe I'm just not aware. I saw I saw one mic stand itself on a poster and it clearly states uh, performers walk in for free. So I was like, okay. So I actually emailed one mic stand. And this uh, during the times in PG, uh, PJ, PJ Life Arts. Yeah. Ah, okay, okay. So that time lah. So uh, I yeah. emailed and then uh, one of the one mic stand boys actually said, oh, okay, uh, you, you can come, uh, come and perform. Uh, you have three minutes, you know, the kind of thing to perform and make them laugh. I was like, three minutes, uh, I can talk up to three hours if I want to. So three minutes is sub sub water, <laughs> actually. Yeah. yeah. So it's not difficult. That's the, that's the crappy reason. Lah. It's just that I want to walk in a show for free. But the... <laughs> <laughs> nice reason that you have that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Malaysian, the Malaysian being honest. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. The second reason is after I actually stepped into the comedy club, I watched a couple of acts and um, yeah, they perform. And then I realized that, okay, most of the people in the audience, they are strangers. It's like nobody knows each other at the beginning of the show. Um, mm. The comedians are virtually non-existent. Nobody knows who they are. So yeah. of course, everyone is technically a stranger in that room. But the thing yeah. is, after the comedian go up there, tell a bunch of jokes, audience laugh hard and all. And somehow at the end of the day, oh, Uh, for example, Gajan, Gajan, can I have your social media? Well, suddenly, they become friends with the comedians. And I'm someone who have difficulty connecting with people in real life. That means I mm. don't really have many friends, have many people whom I met like often, but I don't really uh, go deep with them. And yep. I saw like, wow, so fast can make friends. Uh, what kind of superpower is this? How come I don't know long time ago? So, of course, I said, okay, let, let me see whether I can try to make more friends by telling jokes on stage. Yeah, that is one of Uh, the reason why I actually want to do comedy. Ah, yeah. very interesting reason. Yep. And what's the other one? Oh, one is to, oh sorry. Actually, to, to actually for free yeah. and to make more friends. Yes, free is the crappy reason. Friends is the real reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a this is a very unique answer because <laughs> most most comedians will go up there and you know, just try then hey, it's uh, it's fun to make people laugh but yours is uh, free <laughs> and also to to make friends. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's uh that's definitely very unique and uh, different. Uh. 
Yeah. But uh, so now you've been doing it for a few years now. Mm-hmm. Have you made a lot of friends after comedy shows with the audience? Uh, I would say I only meet like one or two people who are like they follow me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it, lah. I mean, I'm still oh, like the, the ROI is very bad, huh? <laughs> yeah. After after I five think... years of doing comedy, what's your ROI? <laughs> two friends. <laughs> Two friends from comedy, and and they are just acquaintances, you know. They are not even people I meet up for yam cha often or what, you know. It's just oh, I follow your Instagram account, and sometimes I also notice that they don't even like my posts at all. So I was like, eh, are you all even my friends? Ah, you know that kind of thing. Only two, and then it's like quite quite lame, lah. I mean, it's like that's that's a kind of a myth, lah. That means if you if you, I mean, I can tell people that if you want to make friends, don't don't go to comedy. You don't have friends at the end of the day. You are destined to be a loner, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. So you started in 2015. Yep. You and you did five shows, and you took a break, and then 2017 you continued doing. Yeah. What was the reason for the break? Okay, one the, the reason for the break was because I I was too ambitious that time, and also very hard with myself. So I, I did a one at Crack House. Okay, the first one is a one mic stand. Second one is Crack House. And after that, mm. I say, oh, yo, they only give me three minutes. Lah. I want more. Lah. I want more time. Lah, you know. Then mm, I mm. found out that Merdekaya offers 15 minutes. So I was mm. like, oh, this is awesome. You know, this is great. You know, let's go. Yep. You know, the first time I managed to get a few friends to come with me. So yep. it's more my friends than the audience. Lah. So they laugh. Lah. I mean, although I don't think I was funny that time, but they were laughing, laughing, laughing. And then I was like, yeah, this, I have it. I have it. I got it. You know. So I think the fifth time when I went there again is Merdekaya. But that time it was like kind of a bad night lah because uh, that time I still haven't known how to do comedy properly yet. It's only five times, and mm. so I went there perform and then I noticed that uh, it was dead silence of course. And after that I hear cutlery. People start eating, eating. Mm. And after that I realized that I see that uh, their their eyes, the way they look at me, is like as though they are going to throw a beer bottle at me anytime. Mm. Because sorry, sorry, was, this is the yeah. same gig at Merdekaya, uh, the one where your friends attended. Uh no no this time none of my friends come so the okay, first okay, one so came different, the, okay so it's got a it. different gig so got none it, of okay. my friends are there they are actually friends of the musicians who are coming right after me okay so but yeah. the thing is I did not tell jokes I ended up just telling stories that I thought are funny so mm. they look at me like as though they are glaring they're going to throw a bottle at me and the mm. thing is I I felt like oh my god this is scary you know it's like no one laughing everyone is like eating or either they are just glaring at me and. I was like, okay lah. I mean, I'm only in for seven minutes. Although I'm given fifteen, I just step off the stage to just get lost lah. You know, because I felt like I'm I'm quite intimidated by what happened there. So after that, I decided that maybe comedy is not for me. But that time is also a time period where it's a challenging time because that time, I'm also having issues with my family members, my especially my mum. Mm. So and my and my brother lah. So there's a bit of a politicking going there lah. Where my brother. Mum joined forces to actually boycott me, lah. Yeah, complicated stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, I remember lah. hearing hearing you saying this on stage. It's either twenty fifteen or twenty seventeen or well, both, lah. But it's I remember twenty eighteen, if I'm not wrong. I I start telling yeah. this this story. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, so yeah. it was quite bad, and then uh, there's a lot of gaslighting going over that time, going on that time. So I I just cannot take it. So I say that I I got to I got to go. So at the end, I have to. Uh, I mean, sort of like live independently. I've stayed with my parents for twenty six years, so never live for overseas. Never even stay at hostel. Everything stay at home. So of course, takes me a bit of time to adapt how to live independently that time. So it's a bit hard to actually 
do comedy this was well. 2015 uh? Uh, no 20, when you left when I left when you left yeah. I left actually 2016 uh? yeah but okay. I did gigs very sporadically that means they are not even like consistently five gigs it's like like every one month one uh, two months you know this kind of stuff so I think by mid of June uh, mid of uh, 2016 that's the time I move out of the house and mm. I have to sort of sort out my own personal matters and all and of course when you are in not in a good frame of mind it's hard to it's hard to be funny at like, that time so Ended up, and I also think that I'm not funny. I don't think I, I can do comedy. So I just left. Lah. I just left. And, but the thing is, I actually befriended some comedians from the scene. So that, that is actually a great thing. Because uh, the time I actually went back to see, because Harif Iskandar, he have a show at Publica. So hmm. I just went, I think it's one of his uh, Harif Iskandar okay or something like that, like one of his solo show. I went there to watch him because I hear a lot about him. But... I did not watch him. I mean, that's a very strange thing because I don't have much exposure to comedy except Stephen Chow shows. Yeah, the, mm, mm, mm. yeah only that. And um, the time I went to watch Harif's show and then uh, after that, I saw Sulaiman. Yeah. Mm. Then Sulaiman was opening for him that time. But then Sulaiman said, oh, good to see you here, but it's a long time I've not seen you doing comedy. Uh, uh, where were you? You know? And I said that I, I quit comedy, you know, that kind of thing. Then he said, oh, what, why do you quit? You know, I, I just tell him the same story that I told you. Lah. Then he said, ah, I know what's the reason. Say that because you're actually going to Merdekaya and this is a place for musicians, not for comedians. Unless you are already very funny, then they tolerate you. Lah. If you're not funny or you're stage, considered stage hogging, lah, it's like, what are you doing mm. there? You are just delaying yeah. our musicians from going up stage to perform. So he said, yeah. if you want to do comedy properly, you have to go back to the crack house and one might stand to do your, your open mics. That is the only way. But that time, I'm still afraid to come back. Until I actually met Monty, only I started to slowly come back. Mm. Then Monty, you met him at church or what? No. Lah. no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for the, for the listeners, if you didn't get that reference, uh, Monty is also a pastor. Is a father, pastor, pastor. pastor. pastor yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, Juliana, let me show you the light. <laughs> <laughs> so it was quite funny that time when I met him, he actually told me something. He said that... Juliana, Sorry, where, where do you meet him? I actually met him at, uh, you know, the one of Saifu's gig. They call it the Culture Shock. Yeah. Ah, so he was okay, hosting okay. the show and Saifu and Farah Melissa is actually uh, okay. hosting the show. Like, they are not hosting, they are the organizers. So they saw me. Like, I went up there, do my five minutes and then uh, bomb like, as usual. So the thing is, uh, the time Monty did talk with me he said that uh, Juliana uh, I noticed that I saw you at the one mic stand and crack house you go there every week you go there I saw you where uh, you bomb one you know but the thing is you come back every week that's the best part so I thought uh, maybe I should I should teach you some how to write comedy so that uh, hopefully people can see that uh, comedy can be taught not just uh, innate talent yeah, because a lot of people mm. actually have this um, a notion that uh, oh comedy is is natural you know if you don't have it means you don't have too bad you know that kind of thing mm. but i want to show them that i can teach i mean uh, comedy is teachable so he said come, mm, definitely come, yeah come to the class and then uh, i will i will teach you you just need to pay for a cup of coffee and then uh, i will just show you how to write comedy along with other people lah. and that's when i met mm. the other gang lah, like shark and all lah. shark is also mm. part of the workshop lah. games mm-hmm. too yeah they all lah. Mm-hmm. so yeah that's how I come back to comedy but the thing is I think having buddy is so important because when you are alone and you are not very familiar with the comedians then that's when you are like a bit like skeptical and sure I go back there every week you know that kind of thing but at least when you have you meet friends like uh, like Shark, James who sometimes off and on go to comedy shows then that's when uh, you actually start to work up the courage to actually go back to the comedy clubs again like, to perform so mm. 
it is quite it's quite tough lah. Whereby my return is like also also quite quite mess up lah. Not to say mess up, but how do I say? It's like it takes me time to to find out what is comedy. It's like I always think that comedy is just like maybe go up there make people laugh, which is not untrue. But how do you make people laugh? So I always thought that maybe I should just do do uh, sex jokes lah. You no know, politic jokes lah. All those that I perceive that audience want to listen. Mm-hmm. But of course it didn't work out lah because. Uh, because how how do you joke about sex when you haven't even have sex? That's the worst part. Yeah. So that's the dumbest thing to actually do because you think that the audience want to listen to to jokes. And I don't I it's not to say I don't care about Malaysian politics or anything. I'm just come to a point where I'm just apathy, where I don't have very strong feelings about politics. And when you want to do comedy, it's important to have some feelings attached to it, which I don't know that time. And I thought maybe I'll just tell some political jokes I think should get a laugh. But of course, it resulted in like it's not working out lah because there's not much of emotion, passion in in what I do. It's like I just want to to get the laughter, but <clears throat> but there's no no attachment to the subject matter that I'm talking about. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Even like I, you say that that uh, it took you a while to find find out what comedy is. It takes everyone a while, even myself as well. Like you know, when I first started my first one year, I mm. didn't know what punchline is. Oh wow! <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I did one year, mm. and uh, interestingly, I don't know why the audience laughed. But <laughs> now when I look back, the jokes is all shit. <laughs> but my brother came up to me. Uh, this is uh, end of twenty twelve. This uh. was at China House mm-hmm. in uh, Penang, and he said, "Gajan, before the punchline, I think you need to pause." Wow, your brother knows, uh. <laughs> And then, uh, no lah, punchline, everyone knows lah. Julian, <laughs> it's just that it's not my brother knows; it's I don't know. <laughs> so I was like, "Huh, what's punchline?" And Google, oh, it's a, it's the funny part of the joke. So that time, I'm up there telling funny stories. So the fact that you are saying that you don't know stuff, it's actually normal. Mm. Uh, people find out, you know, new things about comedy. It's a, it's a very vast thing. Uh. that's why they say, you know, it, it takes a while to find your voice, to find new things in comedy, and uh. Yeah, everyone is learning just like you. So we are all in the same boat. Hmm. And uh, okay, so you took a break. I understand. Uh, another another thing I like to ask. I never asked you about this. Did you have a nine to five job? Uh, I actually quit my nine to five job lah. At, what uh, were you working as? I was working as a management accountant at Petronas. Oh wow! Yeah. I used to work at Petronas actually. Oh, but uh, not at Petronas. Mm. I see. I they were my client, uh, But I used to work in KLCC, la. Yeah. Oh, the tower itself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I was in the tower in the underground section, the maintenance section. Actually, that time. So ah. uh, yeah, because I'm doing management accounting, which is technically cost accounting. So I was actually working in Dayabumi. That's the main office. Uh, ah, yeah. Dayabumi. Yeah. That's the main one. But off and on, I have to go there to do the to get their figures lah. In the go to underground of a tower tower three yeah. No, I went mm. to tower three sometimes. I also went to tower tower two underground yeah. Mm. No no signal one. Wow, damn cool. Yeah. No signal. So you everything you have to do lah. And then but it was okay. It's just that for me, I I just don't like it. I actually do accountancy because of my Asian parents yeah who say oh you good in maths you know just just do accountancy you know good time bad time you have no you have no problem having job you know. Yeah, uh, it's pretty ironic because the, yeah. it's one of the jobs that's going to die now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can shoot back at your parents. <laughs> yeah, so the time is like, it's hard lah and I don't want to argue with my parents when I study accountancy. I don't want to like later because the thing is I was afraid that I do, I'm, I know that when, if let's say I were to bring out this kind of matter to my Asian parents, they will, it's like my father is okay but my mom will like, 
talk shit about me and then make, make things hard for me until I, I walk out, lah, you know, that kind of thing. So uh. I, I know her personality. Lah. So I say, I, uh, now I'm still young, I better just listen to my parents, lah, that kind of thing. So, but I think it's deep down in my heart, I, I love mass communication. Lah. I mean, that is more my, my thing. I, 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 want, I always pay attention to things from the media, you know, just because that is something I like. But funnily, comedy didn't even come into my purview in, in spite of me liking a lot of media stuff. It's like for me, I watch a lot of American Idol. I watch, I think the only comedy show that I actually watch in my teenage years, lah, perhaps the earliest before even Stephen Chow is The Simpsons. Yeah. Hmm. And that I don't even know is comedy. I thought that it's a cartoon. Ha ha ha. You know, very, very funny. You know, that's all. But I don't know it is under the category of comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because most of the time my parents say, my mom say, oh, my serious cannot, cannot do, cannot make jokes, you know, that kind of thing. It's like everything is very serious in my household. So, but for me, it's secretly, I have this uh, inner class clown where I actually try to tell jokes to my classmates in school. Yeah, and Chinese is ah. really, Chinese have a lot of puns one. It's like we always like to use the Chinese word to tell puns, but these are all like, you know, the, the three Jew walk into the bar, those kind of joke, la, but in the Chinese format. La. So, mm. so we will tell and then... Uh, three Penang Lang walk into a bar. Uh, something like that, la, those <laughs> kind of... Uh, like there's this particular joke lah, but it is it, but only the Chinese ad people will understand. It's like they hmm. say that okay, so uh, so okay, so if let's say a uh, in English song is like, I mean in England national song is called Inke, and then uh, after that uh, what else ah uh? uh, German song is called uh and then what does the French song called uh is called Farke? You know that kind of those oh. kind of joke lah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Now, now you you bring back a lot of nostalgic memories, uh, of me being at men's at men's tuition. All this kind. Yeah. Of. So this kind of that jokes lah. So, but this kind of jokes, some of my classmates they cannot tolerate me. You know, they say that I'm I'm being nonsensical. So they would take the exercise book. Luckily, it's not a notebook. You know, it's an exercise book. The 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 one with brown cover. You know, those kind. Yeah, of, the soft one. <laughs> the soft yeah. one. And they'll just pages, take so. that that the exercise book and just whack my head like stop it. You know, you it's nonsense. You know, that kind of thing. So, so it is funny lah. I mean, I try to tell those kind of jokes, but nobody listens to me. One, I only have one good friend ah, who actually listened to all my jokes, all my reenactment of some shows that I watch during the weekend. I'm trying to like copy Simon Cowell and all those impersonation. Then I tried lah, and then and then she's the only one who laugh, and we go for recess every day where I where I tell her lah, tell the audience of one lah, you know that kind of thing. Like, mm. sorry, you went to Chinese school or? Yeah, yeah, Chinese school. I went to Chinese okay, school. Okay, okay, I see. Yeah. But really, uh, the whole Chinese school, only one person man, who likes... Oh. I thought Chinese school, so they quite a lot of humor. God, but the thing is, the way I tell the jokes is so bad and oh. so lame that they actually okay, cannot okay. tahan. So, right, right. only one friend can tahan. Yeah, and mm. she's from a different class somehow. So, only yeah. recess time, we can we can talk. Yeah. Right, right. And was she in a... Hmm? What? Was she in a top class, lousier class or what? Okay, she's actually in... I won't say lousy clashes in the art streams, yeah, but uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> in Asian parents' language, that's in a lousy class. It la. is, it is. Yeah, so my mom at the time, my mom don't like me hanging out with her. My mom said, why you hang out with dumb people? Why don't you hang out with the smart people in your Oh class? my god. Yeah, because I'm actually in the, the top class the time when I was in a secondary, most of the time, I, I shift between the first three classes la, usually because I'm not very smart enough to be in the first class. But not, not dumb enough to be in the third best class. So I will always shift between these two class. Like when I'm in the top class, I get last. I get last in class because I'm a bit slow in that class. So mm. I will get kicked out to the third, 
third, uh, what I call third best class. That means they are not very, very smart. But that time I start to like, oh, I get good grades, you know. Then they say, okay, you're promoted back to the first class. And I was like, yo, no wonder I have no friends. Like, I, I try to settle in. Then the next year I disappear. Poof. So by the time people have their group of friends from standard one to standard six, form one to form five, I'm always just, just moving around. Lah. It's like no, not much of a solid connection. It's like a Wi-Fi, you know, sometimes connect already. Hey, we're strong already, stable already, disconnected, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's quite that that kind of thing. Lah. So Unify yeah. relationship. Lah. Yeah. So yeah. so not much of friends. Lah. Yeah, the kind of thing. Because I'm always on the move. Because I'm like not very smart, but not very dumb at the same time, which is a very difficult position to be in, you know. Yeah. Mm. Okay, another thing I'd like to ask. Uh, now, I understand that you've said this many times on stage and now it's become like your like your introduction line mm-hmm. that you have autism, right? Yep. Yep. And uh, when did you discover it and like uh, how are you coping with it? Because I know there are some therapies and all that. So, it'd be nice if you can share a couple of things. Oh, okay. So, I actually discovered about it. I mean, when I first, first realized people start talking about it is when I started working. So when I started right. working, it was like 20, 2013 now when I'm in my second company. I already quit the first company that time, which is odd. Mm. Yeah, so terrible job, long hours, and then uh, people are, are nasty, you know. So, yeah. so I was like, okay, let's, let's leave. Then I went to, went to the next company to do taxation. The people right. are worse. Yeah, <laughs> the people are worse. They're just boring, boring, lifeless people, you know, that kind of thing. And, and it's a bit hard. Lah. So the thing is... Uh, the time I, I struggled with my colleagues because I'm actually, because the thing is in audit is slightly different because when you are in audit, you are team focused. That means uh, they will put you to different teams every few months. So you do shift around and it is fine not to gel well with, if let's say you find certain people hard to gel, then it's, it's fine. You move on to the next team after the job. So you keep mm. moving on and it's okay. But when it comes to the tax department, you are actually fixed with that department unless you, trans, you got transferred or unless you quit. So mm. you are staying with that company. I'm, I'm with the company for almost two years in the same department. But unfortunately, I didn't gel well with any of the managers and any of my seniors there. It's like, mm. but I hang out very well with other people from marketing and HR. Yeah, which is a very strange thing. And so mm. the thing is, my, my boss said la, that uh, you, are not, you are not dumb. It's just that I realized that you don't fit in with... He literally said that, uh. Yeah, correct. Because the thing is... What the heck? Yeah, because the thing is, I have good qualification. I have the paper qualification to meet it because I am actually uh, doing... I did ACCA, which is technically like the master level of accountancy. And also, I have first class honours in my my degree for the accounting degree. So, there is... Paper-wise, there's no no reason why I shouldn't perform well at work. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, unfortunately, because of working relationships and all, it gets hard very difficult to get things done and also when they give me instructions and all, I tend to miss out stuff. So or either I misinterpret their things. Whatever they ask me to do, I may misinterpret, give them something else that they don't want. And especially when it goes back and forth, it can mm. be very annoying because deadline is near but then things don't get done and, and it's very hard. And there's this one time my, my boss just said, Okay, I need to talk with you. I, I felt that you could be on the spectrum. It's like uh, whether you like it or not, lah. you know, that kind of thing. It's like, I don't think you know this, but I think I, I need to let you know that I have a feeling you are on the spectrum. So, but the thing is, I didn't like that at all when she first told me because I feel that, I mean, just because I didn't give you what you want doesn't mean that I'm on the spectrum. And that time, I do have a, 
like I don't like being labeled as as a autism or anything because for me I felt that it's like hey that is like like I'm am I retard or what you know that kind of thing. I also have misunderstanding of what autism is that time. Hmm. So I, I I say that I don't want to be under that. After all, I do read. Uh, I watched Rain Man before, and I know that I don't fall into that kind of category, you know, which is gifted. Yeah. Hmm. So I I just deny it. Like say, oh okay. I mean, I just say. I mean, I just said obediently to my boss that yeah yeah okay. But then I in my heart I was upset lah, and I didn't I want to talk about it for for many years. It's like until I actually like uh started doing stand up comedy. Um, only then I start to realize that uh, there's a lot of things that uh, like it's a bit different. The dynamic is slightly different. Um, I realize that uh, when I tell a joke, it's like I, I don't know how to listen to laughter, like listen to the audience <clears throat> or anything because to me they sound the same. It's like I won't be able to to listen to the tone to know what kind of laughter I'm listening, and I I cannot read facial expression. That's another thing. So. To me, everyone looks like everyone who walks in the comedy club looks like they are smiling. Maybe they are not laughing, but they are smiling. They looks good to me. Yeah. So, mm. so it is hard. So for me, is and I'm also very focused when I do my bits. So, I will usually just okay today. This is what I want to do. So I'm just going to tell it lah. Whether is it does it land or not? I I just want to tell everything lah. So, so it's it's like it's quite different. And then the thing is, but I start seeing a lot of comics. I mean, when I when I started comedy, and I also meet along a lot of new comedians as well. So the time meet friends with some of them, and eventually I noticed that after a while, okay lah, standard time six months, many of the young comics already started to have uh, featured gigs. That means they actually have gigs that are like paying, you know, or either a featured spot, you know, the kind of thing. Mm. And I'm already there like for one year, one year plus, you know. But I realized that. How come I'm not having any of that yet? You know, I was like <clears throat> questioning myself, and and why is the reason why I still still don't get what I'm doing? You know, the kind of thing is this is this a terrible decision that I met meet think that uh, I'm not fit for accountancy, but I that and I and it is horrifying to realize that the second choice that you you made in life is also is also wrong. You know, it turns out wrong as well. So. That time I was like thinking like like why you know that kind of thing and I see people uh, on certain open mic nights I noticed that many people do like well to killing it and I'm always on the lower end which is like with a few chuckle here and there or either just bomb completely so I I don't understand and I was quite frustrated that time and I thought that maybe I don't know the concept of comedy so I I and then the time at one point of time joke factory used to have feedback session where Mustafa um, yep. and Zainal will have a um, Discussion on sets and they will mm. talk lah, you know the kind of thing. So chat and then the time I I talk to Musla and then uh, Musakio actually said that um, I noticed that you have been doing comedy for some time, yeah. But the thing is, uh, I noticed that you know, most of your stuff don't land, you know the kind of thing. So, uh, have you ever? I mean, because the way I notice you is like it's like you don't really it's like as though you are bubbled in your own world. You you did not really put the audience into into your comedy. Yeah, that is what he felt. He said that um, you could be on the spectrum, lah. That's what he said. But he said, uh, but this is just me, me feeling it. But it's not. I am not a doctor, so I cannot tell you anything. You know that kind of thing. And also that time, uh, Casey Nazari joined in the conversation, lah. And he said that. Uh, he said that. But this this problem is not difficult to fix. He said I also have a clients. You know, like because he's also a dating guru, ah. So he said. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. he said that I have a I have a client who is also like high functioning autistic lah, and 
it's not it's not impossible. It's like I just need to ask him to do a variety of activity, meet meet new people, learn new things, and broaden the horizon. Then should be better lah because these are all about reading people. And then I it is quite apparent you don't have that. You don't you don't know how to read people. So I was like, yeah, that is not inconsistent because I remembered that uh, my boss used to tell me the same thing. It's like you don't know you don't understand people. You just don't cannot because you don't understand people. You cannot really work with people. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with you technically, you know. It's like your 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 work is okay. You do deliver. It's just that you cannot get along, and yeah, you just miss, and then you misinterpret a lot of stuff we tell you. Yeah. So, so the thing is, I was already start questioning, and then this time I decided to like revisit uh the topic of autism again, uh, just to read read in more detail. Yeah, and and I actually read, and then I realized that hey, it's actually quite consistent to to the things that I have experienced all my life. It's like, all, all my life, I don't know, I thought that this is how life supposed to be, you know, that kind of thing. But when I started to read, I say, hey, this is quite consistent. I have special interests and then I do have some routines that I, I stick through. And I also, I'm not very good with um, making friends. I have a lot of acquaintance, but I I don't have uh, much friends where, you know, in an emergency, you know who to call, you know, those kind of thing. Mm. I, I find that... Someone to jumpstart your car. Yeah, no. It's yeah. like, it's, at least now in comedy, okay, like, at least I have people like Shark. Yeah, Shark. Monty Monty will come with the Bible. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, Monty actually did told me if you're feeling suicidal, okay, suddenly this conversation went dark. He said that if, let's say, you, you feel suicidal at any point of time, please give me a call, you know, the kind of thing. And mm, that's actually good lah. Yeah. Shark also jump in and say, please call me too, you know. And Andre mm. also like, please call me, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, yeah, so it is like, so the thing is, uh, I don't have anyone where I can actually call because I have a lot of acquaintances, you know. It doesn't matter how many friends on Facebook you have, but you know that what connection do I have with that person? Actually, practically none, except the person sometimes like, like your post, that's about it. But mm. there's nothing you can actually, you cannot just say, hey, uh, I need help now, you know. So yeah. it is quite difficult. And another thing is uh, relationship-wise also, I, I did not have solid relationship until now. I only had two, two re- more romantic relationships. Uh, mm. One I terminated after two months because mm. I find that Singaporean awfully boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, that's, a, that's a way to generalize. But yeah. yeah. So expensive is, then okay lah that's factually correct lah yeah so and the second one is only 9 days and I got dumb you know so that's all I, that's only 2 relationships whoa I 9 have. days or not nine even days. 2 weeks it's not even 2 weeks it's so sucky you know that kind of thing so you felt like a loser lah you know that kind of thing so so it is consistent because the thing is a lot of people even for some people they told me oh 1 year also considered short for relationship but for me, it's nine days. I mean, how can you beat my record, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like, nine days is no joke, you know? It's like, just, you cannot even, okay lah, you want to uh, get the hen to actually lay an egg, hatch an egg. So I don't think it's the time, you know? It's like, also cannot hatch an egg, you know? Yeah. yeah like, even like a free program, <laughs> trial program, also normally 14 days. Yeah, Spotify also. <laughs> I, I it's like nine how, days. You, know? it's like my... you didn't even complete that trial period. Yeah. It's you have been terminated. <laughs> yeah, so... So I was like, okay, I mean, so it is pretty consistent and I started to be more like, okay, let's let's see how how this works. But the thing is, it's not, okay, I, I didn't like say, okay, la, I mean, let's go to the clinic or what because, well, money is tight and then you go to specialist straight away, open a file, it's some, definitely some money going there. And I, even for myself, when I have like depressive moments, I don't even see a psychiatrist. I yeah, don't no, like, no, not open the file. No moment you just touch the door handle. Gone, got yeah. one bill coming to you. Yeah, so that's why I say I don't think I want to do that. But I actually yeah. happened to stumble upon a, 
and Edward, because I think 2018, suddenly autism acceptance become a big thing, you know. So I don't know why. It's like, they just say in Sanwi Putra Mall, Sanwi Putra Mall is considered a autistic-friendly mall where the lighting is slightly dim and the sound is a bit more, they don't have that much of a background noise. That means people are encouraged to be to be more mindful of their their volume and all. So, ah. so it is in a way autistic-friendly and they also have pictures, more pictures. So uh, people who are having difficulty communicating their needs can just point to show I that, see. okay, I want to go here. Please help me get there. You know, And they even have mm. bracelet for for autistic children, you know, so they can go for a shop and then get things for free and all that. So, <clears throat> so for me, that time I saw they have a free diagnosis session for, for autism. So mm. I actually write in, I know that it's for children, but the thing is I write in, I say I, I'm, a, I'm 28 years old this year and I have suspicion that I could be on the spectrum. Uh, can I drop in for a, for a diagnosis? And the time mm. the person replied and said, sure, just drop by. Lah. And I actually dropped by and and the thing is, maybe I didn't really... I mean, they don't expect an adult to show up. They thought that maybe it's my child or anything, you know. So, they talked with me. Nah, and then after that, she, she chatted with me. And then after that, she said, uh, Oh, you suspect you are on the spectrum. I say, yeah. And she said, but I cannot do diagnosis for you because all these tools are for children. It's not for adult. Mm. So, it is quite, quite difficult for me to do that. But maybe I can probe in a bit more by asking you questions like about um, how old you started speaking. Uh, what else? Uh? Another thing is like what kind of behavior that you have, and then is there any attachment that you have, like any special interest, like in short, like things that you really get into it. And yeah, so I actually told her that um, yeah, so I only started speaking at the age of five, which is of very late, yeah, because my brother already born, and then he's already arguing with my mother, yeah. Mm. So I still haven't. I'm still silent, you know. So not to say silent lah. I'm like more like baby talk lah, you know, like say things that don't make sense lah. Then. Mm. So of course my parents is like concerned like is she is she mute or is she deaf or anything? Why she cannot even pick up words, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. So but that time the doctor in the nineties, they just say that your your children is slow, lah, your child is slow, that's about it. Lah. They say, Never mind, lah, wait it out, lah, you know, until puberty, then see how lah, you know. So yeah. they don't really have a solid diagnosis. So that time when I talked to the lady, I say five years old, yeah, I started speaking. And she said, oh, that is very late, you know, the kind of thing. So it is possible that you are on the spectrum because you, you have delay in speech development. <clears throat> and she also noticed that you have a particular rhythm when you speak. So, so it, it could be that because um, the way you perceive sound is very different from... That's why there's one point of time, some comedian, uh, Joanne Kam also told me that the way you speak is like you are, you are reading a script. Yeah, it's like it is... People will feel like a bit like, uh, okay, so it, it doesn't sound like she's talking talking to us, it is sound like she memorized stuff, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, but it is because there is a particular rhythm, but this is how I pick up sound and this is how I perceive people speak to each other. So, that is more like it. Lah. So, that's how... No, so, so, that person uh, managed to pick this up during the few minutes of diagnosis? Yeah. So, oh, okay. Oh, that's really quick. Huh? Yeah, it's quick. Lah. So, and another thing is she asked me like, anything that you like when you are a child, you know, I say I love Garfield a lot. And... Another thing is... Sorry? Uh, curfew? No, Garfield, Garfield. Oh, Garfield. Oh. Garfield. <laughs> curfew. <laughs> Say, yeah. I need to go back by 10pm. I yeah. like curfews. <laughs> Garfield. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, Garfield, maybe he loves curfew, like, I think. Possible. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I say I love Garfield a lot and then I have Garfield. Though I actually sleep with the Garfield every day until the fluff all come out, you know. Then, then only my mother throw it away. Only I'm like, uh, uh, you know, no, no, please. My Garfield, I love my Garfield, you know. And also, I this like, was before Simpsons. Uh? 
oh yes, definitely. Before, yeah, Simpsons. Okay, yeah. And then okay. Simpsons, I come back from school every day, I would watch Simpsons every every uh, every day in, on Astro, Star World, you know. And after mm. that, it's American Idol, you know. And mm. the thing is, I was into Mystery Novel. So these are all like things that I really get into. And, and when I get into something, I really want to finish it. It's not like I, I want to like, okay, I just read a few books and I'm done. I, I will like, ooh, I need to finish the whole series, you know. Whatever the author has, even the unborn book of the author, so I must read. <clears throat> mm, mm. Kind of stuff, so I need to like I, I really want to follow through everything so I like all these things like, that means if let's say you give that's why sometimes I say it's easy to keep me occupied the moment you give me give me a list like, of things to do I will just like oh okay let's let's do you know put me in the yeah. theme park I will start checking off lists again I will start oh yes I need to complete everything you know so yeah. <clears throat> so I have all this special attachment and another thing is I have uh, routine activities as well whereby I make sure that I park my car like for example, Publica. Publica is a, it's a place where parking is a bitch. Yep. It's so difficult to find and you get lost all the time uh, within the car park itself. So what I do was every, I actually find a, found a favorite spot and I know the exact building of, uh, of Joke Factory. It's a block mm. C4 of uh, Publica. C4 mm. is a dif- it's not a difficult acronym to remember, you know, if you know what I mean. So mm. it's not difficult. So I say, okay, let me just park right in front of C4, you know. And I just go up from there. But the thing is, uh, I need to use the same path to go back to my car. I cannot just like follow people around and say, never mind, I follow you and then let's figure out the car park later because I, I felt very uncomfortable and I could actually panic. And when panic attacks set in, it's not the best thing. And, and meltdown is also another issue that I do face. Because for me, in my mind, I, I have everything planned out nicely. And when suddenly there is changes and all, I will just break down, burst into tears, you know, and... But to people around me, uh, it is a very minor issue. And it's an issue that I shouldn't even like take heart to it. But, <clears throat> but when I burst into tears, you know, I, I mean, and it happened in I Love KL show as well, the online show where the internet break down and I just cry and all. And, and it's very, and for some people, they were like, why? I mean, it's just a, a breakdown. It's normal, you know, technical issue. Sorry, why, why do you break down on the, oh, sorry, this is a virtual show or what? Virtual show. I mean, the, I, I did three virtual shows. Okay. Uh, I broke down for two shows. The first one was after the show. The second one was before the show started. So it's like, it's terrible. Like, I mean, the first time was uh, I tried to be ambitious. So I say I want to control the show. That means control StreamYard. I want to host. And I want to also like do all kinds of things like social media. Whatever. I also want to do my set, you know. So I'm being ambitious. But internet, it's, a, it's a stand-up show. La. Stand-up open where, mic. Where yeah. a few or stand-up open mic. Okay. Yeah. So that time I run my run my first virtual gig and then I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. But the thing is halfway through, suddenly the internet gave way and then I cracked up. That means nobody can hear anything I say. This was, um, sorry, this is your first virtual show or second one? First virtual gig, yeah. First virtual gig, okay. So, so that time is like, um, so then, uh, but I'm glad that Adriana that time jumped in. Like Adriana said that, uh, I tell you what, I, I, will, I will host and then you just focus on putting people in and out. But the thing is, the internet was so bad that even for me to put people in and out of the show, it's like I have to log in and out all the time because it was so bad, the internet. And the time, it was a lot, too much of uh, stuff on my mind and then I cannot cope with it. So, of course, after the show, I just break down and cry. But that is fine because during the show, it's fine because Adriana already taken care of everything. I'm just handling backstage. But yeah, you're not on screen, uh, breaking I'm not, down. I'm, I'm not on screen. I actually break down oh. after the show, so it's fine because it's oh, just too much. Okay, like, uh, yeah. yeah. And the second time, the second show, I actually ran it at, uh, at uh, No Snest, so it is fine. So it, it went well, and then uh, so that time it was fine. But I'm also using somebody. Actually, today's gig also, I'm using using the place that I, I performed. 
the laptop of the other person. I'm not using my laptop because my laptop is from China, so it breaks up. It okay, the sound will go off suddenly when you get cut off in the middle of stuff unexpectedly. So I felt that I cannot use my own laptop. It's not reliable. Mm. So I'm using that laptop. So all is well, you know. That show went well, yeah, you know. And then okay, and the third time I did, but this time using my laptop, and suddenly. Two minutes before the show start, my goodness, we are going on stream two minutes. Suddenly, I break up. And Adriana said that, oh no, this is bad. You are hosting a show. You cannot... Sorry, why you break up? Uh, break up, the, the sound break up. Yeah. So... Okay. That so means that, your sound got disconnected like your mic. Yeah. So that's when okay. uh, it's like two minutes before the show. So of course, it was terrible. And the thing is, it comes to a point where where I... The, the way I have a meltdown, it can be quite serious, but I even forgot passwords and all. That means I will type things wrongly and then I cannot log in. And then, um, of course, the time uh, I actually broke down again. <laughs> you know, I broke down, I cried and all. And, but luckily, that time again, Adriana uh, just launched the show on uh, YouTube Live and uh, Stephen Bones was the opener that time, opening act. And he actually take over hosting, you know. He take over hosting, but... The thing is, halfway through, I'm actually, I thought I'm okay, you know. It's like, I said, okay, Nama, I managed to log in already, everything okay, so I went up. But I went up, I realized that I, when I actually cry or anything, it takes me very long time to actually be okay. It's like, although logically the matter should be settled, but I'm still tearing up, you know. So, it's on hard. Screen. Yeah, on screen, yes, that's the okay. worst thing. So, at the end, Steven actually texted me, hey, you really okay? Ah? It's like, I said, no, can you take over? And he's like, yeah, sure. It's like, he would, he take over, lah, and it's well, lah. But the thing is, at the end, I actually had a bit of drink and I came back just to do a quick five minutes because I want to let the audience know that I'm okay, you know, instead of letting... So you did two like, sets? Uh? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay, when I host, I just bring up people that time, bring up two, three people. I even mess up the, the introduction for Arlene. But so, I thought you said uh, Stephen was hosting. Oh, he, he actually handed me back because he said that he thought I'm okay ma, when I locked oh. him up. So, but after hosting three, I even like mess up Arlene's introduction, which I feel bad about it. So... So that time, uh, Stephen actually texted say, are you really okay? I mean, I can take over if you need to. Need me mm. to. I was like, yeah, sure. And, but the thing is, I don't want to leave the audience like hanging, like knowing that oh, somebody went off not okay, you know, that kind of thing. So I did came back after having a bit of drink, you know, to, I mean, it solved everything, like a bit of drink, soft, soft stuff. So mm. end up, I actually came back. Guinness stout? Uh? No, no, I, I had a gym beam. Yeah, oh. so had a bit <laughs> and then uh, came back, did my five minutes set and then okay, uh, symptom uh, hit nine lah. So, mm. okay lah, at least the time always well. At least people know that I'm okay. I mean, it's a responsibility to let audience know that 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 things do have a good ending rather than like leaving it like, oh, she's crying, eh, you mm. know, that kind of thing. So, but these are things that I also told my doctor that uh, the, the, the lady who diagnosed me, not to say diagnosed lah, who actually just uh, trying to, to figure out whether I'm on the spectrum or not. So I told her that when I have meltdown, even if it could be very, very tiny matter where people don't even... People don't even think it's big lah. But for me, it is like, uh, it's like the world crashing lah. Mm. So okay, said, question yeah, ah. Yeah. So just now you say about car park, right? Mm. Now, I can relate to the car park one mm. because I'm similar to you except that I don't break down lah. Because yeah. like for me, so I actually get easily lost and for me to understand a car park, I need to travel there many times uh, compared to a regular person. So my question to you now is have mm. you ever break down when you took a different path and you can't find your car park? Oh, okay. That happens on the road, but not yet for parking. Parking is like, I'm still okay as long as I sort of like learn. Because the thing is, I do make sure that I take photos of all the important landmarks so I know how to get back to the same place. Like, first is the pillar. You have to take right. photo. And then the second one is the number. But 
the thing is to prevent people from knowing where your car is, take the number beside you. Don't take the number your car is on. That's the tip lah. And yeah. another well, thing is... That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, because you don't want people to like find your phone and then immediately look for your car. That's not the, a good thing. Well, you're, you're thinking so ahead. Huh? What if I get lost? What if someone kidnaps me? And what if yeah. someone wants to steal my car? Yeah, yeah. Just in case. Yes, they say the, spe- <laughs> the spectrum mind does wonder lah, in, in very unexpected way. So, after that, I will make sure that the lift again, I also make sure that it is the, there is always the lift lobby and all. So, take photo of that. And also, when you go up, take photo of the first shop you saw. So anything happen, you can go back to that first shop and work things out from there. So okay, that, that okay. So car park, you're okay lah. But yeah. you have you have broken down before when it came to like driving on the road and you miss a road uh. Yeah, and we miss a road. And the worst thing is I'm driving Grab that time. So you know you have passenger behind you, and you. But don't you have Waze or Google Maps on? Oh, that will definitely redirect you. Again, the internet fails sometimes. So again, they were like redirect, reconnecting, redirecting. You know, uh, so. There will be time where I don't even know where I am. That means I'm on the road and it's highway. That's the worst thing. So you get very panicky and suddenly I start... But the worst thing is I start talking to myself. I mean, the way I break down in the car is not crying. is to talk to myself. Like, oh no, what do I do now? Shit, you know, you know those kind of stuff. Stuff that no. you're not supposed to say as a grab driver. <laughs> la. And then has any passenger said uh, anything to you? And passenger were like, okay, some of them, the nicer ones were like, Relax, relax. Are you okay? You know, uh, my, I, you use my waist. I have good internet connection. I will, I, uh, I will, or either they say, I know the way I will. That's I will nice. You. you know, but yeah. there will be some who is that's like, polite, yeah. there will be some who are like quite harsh, especially like Kajang. Uh, Kajang side. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, Kajang side seems to have a lot of, uh, a lot of bitches, you know. I don't know why. The way they, they are a bit mean. Uh, so, so they were like, suddenly when you make a wrong turn, you sometimes have to pass through toe one, you know. And mm. like, Kenapa? Kenapa jalan? Kenapa jalan ini? You know, I was like, I say sorry, saya salah jalan, you know. Because saya, saya tak tahu jalan lah. Saya tak biasa datang sini. I say, ayah, saya bayar you buat apa? No. I say, jangan charge tau. I say, saya, saya, saya ambil tapa. Tau saya salah, saya ambil, you know. But the thing is, they are being mean lah. So it's, it's very hard. And then, uh, but the thing is, finally, when this kind of people step in, I didn't want to break down because breaking down involves a bit of vulnerability. Yeah. Mm. So, but I didn't want to show, especially when people are being mean to me. It's like mm. I mm. would just close up when people are being mean to me. So I didn't want to let out any emotion. So I'm just trying to like say tapa tapa. I I mean I was just trying to like okay okay. So I will figure things out along the way. But I'm trying to calm them down as well because they are freaking out as bad as me. Yeah, and then also mm. like scolding me and also. That's the worst thing. And the thing is when I told people, people say, they, don't they complain when you talk to yourself? You know, those kind of things. I say, I am very glad they don't because some of them, they do. They give me one star, which means that they bother to tell me I suck. Yeah, mm-hmm. because a lot of people, if they are not happy with a ride, they will just don't rate. And the rating will expire anyway. That means they just don't rate lah. You know, it's fine. Because when they give you a one star rating, that's it. Your rating can just drop and you'll get a warning from Grab and all. So there are times it happens lah where they suddenly just send you a one rating and they receive you they will tell you warning you know that kind of thing because you you are tak berwibawa you know you tak pandu kereta berwibawa you know that kind of thing so they mm, complain mm. lah so it's quite hard that's why I say that I mean it is a miracle why I actually started driving grab because I was too broke that time that's why I just do it but I would say that it is a very big challenge to the to my own system because there's a lot of things to cope there's a lot of unknown which can be very uncomfortable for me. Yeah. Hmm. So it's just that, but the Chinese desire for money is there. Lah, so I, I wouldn't mind doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Nice, nice. So yeah, but the thing is, all these things add up. Then the 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 person actually told me that um yeah, I mean you could be on the spectrum, but from what I see from the way you communicate with me, I don't think you're on the other end of the spectrum where you need medical care, where you need a lot of therapy, you know, this kind of thing to get you to be able to work. It's like I can see that you are taking care of yourself pretty well. So the thing is, as as my my point of view is. I don't recommend you to go for a diagnosis because that is just to get a piece of paper to verify you so that you can go and get your OKU card. Um, yeah, which is something that I don't intend to get actually. Although that is technically nine thousand dollars of tax off actually. Yeah, for for personal relief. But the thing is, I don't even have enough yet to even hit that nine thousand. So why bother? Maybe next time lah, when I'm earning a bit better, to look into getting an OKU card. So the thing for the is, sake of tax rebate. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like how the way you're you're playing the autism and the Chinese cards. Yeah. How do I balance? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the thing is, they say unless you want to do that, where you want to get a more benefit, then mm. maybe you can get the piece of paper, the black and white yeah. from the from the doctor to say you are autistic. Then you can go and apply your OKU card and then get your whatever benefits like you know the kind of thing. So. But for me, is I don't see the need to do that, so I say it's fine, lah. It's okay. Then, so the thing is, what she say is, I think the more important thing for you to do is to learn how to manage your symptoms. If you know that there is a breakdown happening, a meltdown happening, or any issues that you will face, just just seek support, talk to people, and don't be afraid to tell people that you are on the spectrum. Because sometimes when people, when you tell people that, at least people know that ah, this is what you're experiencing. The way you interpret information. That's true. Yeah. Rather than they wondering why are you being weird, you know, or being yeah. awkward, you know. So, so I think that is a very important thing, lah. So, yeah. but, but it's still hard for me to accept until I actually start doing some poetry. Actually, my my comedy set from uh, because the thing is, I also thought of stopping comedy when I know that I I'm on the spectrum, possibly on the spectrum because, uh, I say that oh that means uh, because I'm not very keen to pick up senses from the audience. That means technically, no matter how hard I work as a comedian. I don't think I. That means I won't be as good as the rest anyhow because of that limitation I have when it comes to under reading the audience, um, that and to me I think maybe that is end game lah. Maybe it's like I think I should go back to my dead end job as an accountant again. You know, at least I don't need to read people all the time. So that is one. But the thing is, uh, I actually started poetry that time lah, which is a blessing in disguise. I started to write to join poetry spoken word poetry sessions. So went there and then um, but I do write poetry lah. I mean, when I was much younger, so I started to write again. And that time, I actually uh, started to write about my autism. This is a way to cope lah, to process my my feelings, you know, about how I feel about autism overall. Yeah. So I actually written a poetry piece, and then um, and a lot of people were like, "Wow, that is a very beautiful piece," you know, that kind of thing. And actually, this piece I'm still doing it everywhere I go. You know, like in the virtual gigs, they only give you. Five minutes, so I'm always just introducing that piece. Yeah. So, but then that's where I actually somehow got the setup because when you the beauty about poetry is you can be as sad as you want to, you can be as angry as you want to, you can be as uh, but but you don't need to be funny at all. You can be yeah, exactly, yeah. Not funny. Um, <laughs> and, and that is the way to to go deep yeah. because yeah, funny. Yeah. Sometimes we try to be funny, we end up not going deep because we say oh, we just want to get the laugh. Uh, people don't care about what you feel, you know. People just want to laugh. But poetry is like they care. They want to listen to what you have to say. They want you to be angry about stuff. They want you to be sad about things. And they are, and they don't judge you. They are fine with you, 
telling things that it, as it is. So mm. I actually written like a poetry, and after that, but from there is actually I actually start to be a bit braver to to look into how I can use the same kind of information I have from writing mm. poetry to actually do comedy. So mm, mm. so try it's like kind of like you are using the poetry stuff as the setup, and then you're just needing to find the jokes for as for the punchline. That's about it. So mm. that's how it's a very interesting process of how I do the autism joke. Because it doesn't start off as a comedy piece. It starts off originally as a poetry piece and I branch out from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's how. But the thing is, I did thought of giving up comedy because I have been doing one and a half years that time. But mm. I, I hardly get much laughter and I know that because every, every open mic I go, I notice that I'm always like only getting a few chuckle and it's awkward every time. So it's quite hard. And I'm seeing people are progressing. Everyone around me are progressing. Even the younger comedians are also progressing. Mm. I, I'm of course happy for them because I met them when they first come in and I welcome them to the comedy clubs and all. Say, please mm. come and perform, you know, that kind of thing. Perform more, you know. But now I'm seeing them, they are like, oh, wow, they are, mm. having, they are having gigs at Joke Factory, at Crack House, you know. And then yeah. now I'm still stuck as an open uh. micer, you know, like. But sorry, I just, sorry to cut you. Just a question. So yeah, sure. remember, beginning when I asked you why you wanted to do comedy, mm-hmm. and you gave two reasons, right? To yep. number one is obviously the 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 money part to perform <laughs> for free, and yeah. second one is to have more friends. So Correct. these are your two whys in comedy. Yep. So why did this why this third why come in in the way? Didn't your mind say like, hey, I already achieved this too, like you made new friends like Shaq, Monty, James. Yeah. And then you also get to perform for free. Yeah. So how come this yeah. third this third factor come in? Have you asked yourself? That's a very good the... question. So this is like the first time I'm thinking about it as well on this podcast. So ah, I, see, yeah. I kind of think perhaps it's also ego. There's something called ego as well. Yeah, where you just, you're like, hey, I'm here longer. Lah. Why am I not getting gigs? What the fuck? You know, that kind of thing is yeah, like... I guess um, the Asian upbringing. Uh, yeah, lah, like because, you, have, uh, you have to... Uh, move along the pace rather than to stay stuck. And I'm, I've am i stayed stuck in many places before. I was in my job where my juniors also got promoted because uh, I suck at my performance. So, mm. so it's like I cannot be in different places and feeling these kind of things all the time. So something is not right, lah, you know, that kind of thing. So that you feel the yeah. same thing everywhere you go. So, so I was like kind of upset, but I kind of think ego is one of the main reasons. I mean, since this podcast allows me to be as honest as I want to, yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. So ego is definitely one thing like, where you're seeing, uh, especially the Chinese part of me, see the money again. Like, okay, like, although money is not the main thing, but the thing is, somehow it helps you. Like, still helps you. At least you can still pump your petrol. You know, you don't need to count points to pay for your petrol, which I had done before. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's not cool. You know, it's like, when you go to the petrol pump, the abang actually look at you, why are you giving sacks of coins to them? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, so it's awful. But the thing is, with a bit of, stipend from doing a paid show it helps a bit you know it help, mm. it's not like you will be rich but it helps yeah. you a bit here and there so that's why that part of me become like quite disgruntled and I actually wanted to quit comedy la. So I say mm. that I say that I cannot be stuck I'm getting older you know I'm also reaching yeah. about to reach 30 years old so I feel like I feel like as though because people around me especially those who, who still stay in audit or taxation they are also already like doing well they are already like manager at least you know that kind of thing so yeah. uh, I left to pursue the so-called greener pasture but I'm stuck in my own greener pasture you know so yeah. it, it kind of suck lah you know the kind of thing that feeling lah sorry just a question lah. so I okay the first I know how you started mm-hmm. I know what you went through and all that but yeah. now if I may ask you mm-hmm. what is your why of let's say going up on stage now oh. there must be a why right 
Yeah, yeah. Now what the why is slightly different. So the why is I felt that I just wanted to to connect with people lah genuinely. That means I even like yesterday when I went up to perform, mm, mm, yeah. like I know that now I'm not there to appease the promoters. I'm not there to appease the people around in the who runs the shows. And also, I'm not there to like appease the audience per se. That means I don't need to bring my so-called best set to an open mic because at one point of time, I thought that the open mics can seem auditiony. You know, like you feel that as though you need to bring your best bits every time because you felt like okay, if I want to get gigs, I want to get weekend show gigs, then I need to show my best. You know that kind of thing. But yesterday I didn't. Yesterday I'm doing something that is pretty, pretty raw. You know, and I still feel okay even though I did not get. I mean, I'm like third from the bottom, yeah, from for yesterday's Mentimeter. But I don't feel like like a loser. That's the best part. It's like not like last time. If let's say few months back before the MCO, I would still feel that I would still feel you feel yeah. a loser. You know, you get the lowest. You know, the third lowest score. You suck. That means you're then. That means you're actually moving up in comedy. You know. Yeah, yeah. If you feel like a loser, yeah. just based on a number on Mentimeter, that means yeah. you're still a rookie. Yeah. So, so in I'm, a way, you should actually be proud of yourself that you're actually yeah. moving. A few steps ahead in the comedy career, yeah. Yeah. So that's actually great. I actually like to congratulate you on that. Thanks. Because you know why? Mm-hmm. This is also healthier for you. Yep. Because you see, yeah, you because I'm a guy who likes patterns, no. Yep. So whatever you have mentioned, I I notice there's a pattern, and the pattern is you like to compare with other people, mm. right? Like you yeah. say, ah, oh, they move as a manager, wow. Wow, yeah. they get paid higher, they get promoted faster. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah, this comedian come in, wow, already get get. <laughs> Yeah. Then it, it that contradicts with your why. This I was very confused. I'm trying to understand mm. what is your why. Now yeah. your why is you want to connect with people. You have connected with people. Yeah. And now that whether you're mentimeter high or low, it doesn't matter you. So that is two yeah. wins already. It's yep. two very big wins for you. Yeah. So you're a healthier person. You'll also be happier. And yeah, you have uh, moved much ahead in your comedy career. So that's actually I'm actually very happy with you. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. So yeah, that's actually good to know, lah. Because uh, my take on that. You know, looking at people moving ahead, right? Yeah. That's actually going to take a very big toll on you. Yeah, it, it does actually. It's at actually a very bad time, thing, you know. To at one point of oh, time, uh, I'm so I'm so bitten down that I actually, I I resented going to comedy clubs at one point of time as well. You know, yeah. like I just say that, uh, it's like I'm seeing this bunch of people and I feel like a loser again. You know that kind uh, of thing. Uh. And also, I and then the thing is sometimes the judgments that you think people impose on you are actually mostly from yourself. Ironically, it's not from correct. You. Doesn't yeah. come from them, but the thing is, because of the way you see yourself, you say that you are a loser. So the thing is, suddenly you start feeling that everyone over there talking, that means that you felt that they are, they are, they are making you like a loser. You know, the kind correct? Of, yeah. So, That's why one of my yeah. favorite saying is actually from Gandhi, mm. and one of his saying is, "Change your thoughts, and you change your world." Yeah. It's a. It's a very. Every there's there's a two sides to everything, you know. Yep. For example, if I if I give uh, ten people a knife. Yep. Uh, eight of them will become chefs. One of them will become a craftsman. Mm. Maybe the the last person will become a murderer. But yeah. notice, I give the same object, but mm. they are looking at the object all different angles. Yes. So it's all in the thoughts, one. Mm. Yeah. And another reason, right? Do you know why you shouldn't compare yourself with other people? I don't know, though. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you why. Mm. Because it's an infinite loop. <gasps> you know why not? Because uh, if let's say now you get promoted as a manager, lah. Mm-hmm. Let's say you do well. Yeah. There's going to be, I can guarantee you, there's going to be someone else who's a senior manager who did it earlier than you. <laughs> yeah. If you become a senior manager, I guarantee you there's someone else who became a CEO earlier than you. Yeah. If you become a CEO, I guarantee you there's someone else who's richer than you, much younger than you. Yep. 
if you are that richer person, there's someone else who's richer. If you are the richest person, there's someone else who's healthier than you. If you are the healthiest person, there's someone else who's funnier than you. Yeah. If you are the funniest person, there's someone else who can uh, do way more hobbies than some things that you have never did when you were as a kid. Something mm. like that. Yeah. So you notice not it's an mm. it's a black hole, no. Yep. Once you start comparing yourself with other people, it's a black hole. And yep. that's not good mentally. And you yeah. start being very depressed. Yep. You start being very sad. You can never be happy. On. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was very happy when you said that you did the gig. Was it last night? Yes. Yesterday. And, uh, and, yeah. and you know, even though you're at the bottom and you felt okay because you connected with people. Yeah. You know why you're happy, you know? Mm-hmm. Because you only compare with yourself. Yeah. Previously, you said the old Juliana not really can connect with people. Doesn't matter funny or not. I couldn't really connect with people. Now, at least I connected with people. I did my spot. Doesn't matter of that yeah. uh, Mentimeter. Now, I feel happier. Yep. And see, that's the best part about having yourself as a competitor. Yeah. Once you put someone else as a competitor, that's it. You're in the yeah. black hole. Day. Yes. It will take a toll on you. You Mentally, you'll be unhealthier. Not yeah. only that, when you're mentally unhealthy, you cannot write jokes or so. Yeah, true. And you'll be less productive. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, we we just hit one hour, wow. which is the time of the podcast. Just nice, and I'm wow. very happy. Yeah, I think we are going to end on this. Cool. But uh, as I mentioned, uh, every of my every episode on how you started lah, we actually have a very simple game. It's a quick fire question. Sure. Okay, so it's either A or B. There's no right or wrong lah. You just pick whichever it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so first one, Apple or Samsung? Apple. Kuetiao or Wantan Mi? Kuetiao. Act in a movie with Keanu Reeves or Leonardo DiCaprio? Keanu Reeves. Date Chris Evans or Chris Hemsworth? Chris Hemsworth. Okay, listen to Jay Chow or Lee Home? Lee Home. Act in a movie with uh, Margot Robbie or Jennifer Lawrence? Margot Robbie. Drive a Mercedes or BMW? BMW. Okay, travel to Iraq or Afghanistan? Iraq. Migrate to Ghana or Egypt? Egypt. And there you have it, Juliana. That's the end of uh, episode 10. Thank you so much. Thank you so uh, much, Juliana. Yeah, and uh, thanks so much for sharing uh, bits on uh, a lot of insights, details on your autism story because I, I actually never knew about all these details. And I hope uh, this podcast uh, made you feel better, you know, yeah. expressing your uh, some things that you probably hardly express. Yep. And uh, thanks for being yeah, thanks for being my guest on episode ten. And ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of how you started lah. <laughs>